Just close that door at the back there, please. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Glory to God. So just let's pray. Father, we thank you today. This is part of our crossover, Lord. And we're just so appreciative of everything that you're doing, Lord. We just know that we're in the grip of a mighty God and we just thank you that you are moving and working with us with such purpose with such intentionality we are grateful in Jesus name we say Amen Hallelujah so um, I woke up this morning with such celebration in my heart, such an expectancy. Pastor John asked me about his, um, about his ministry, and I said to him, it's like uh, it's nothing I've ever experienced before, um, having such a new experience in my receiving. It's, it's coming to me with such beauty, such splendor, such wonder. I uh, come, come, everybody. <laughs> it's coming to me with such splendor and such wonderment and such. Um, somebody recently said that she was experiencing message moments like this: diamonds and jewels and gold and diamonds and jewels and gold. And gems. Wow. That's, I just uh, was receiving the word from Pastor John like that. And so I'm so grateful to God for bringing the new, bringing in the new. So I can't, um, when I was going through The crossover moments of the 10th of December, what I ministered here on that afternoon that Pastor John said, Pastor John asked me to talk to you about many things. I actually, I actually have got nothing more to say to you about the crossover. I don't, because when I went through it, I just realized that it's so complete in what I have to say. It's everything. And um, all these messages are transcribed and they're available on our website for you to print for yourself. So I can't, I can't say, I can't even go through it because I'd have to read it word for word. Even though I was speaking prophetically at time of our crossover, God is giving every one of us opportunity. Commemorate the time of the crossover. So we are in a commemorative weekend. We are in the building of a memorial weekend because the Lord spoke to me about that a few days after Pastor John started on that weekend with the crossover. And it's all in this message. He said to me, commemorate the time of the crossover with a holy weave, which is what we have. A holy weave. And those of you that have not been here before when we've had a holy weave, I will explain a little bit of it. And then we have also a holy weave for the, for the children and for parents of children here today. We have that. And we have this holy weave. I, must, I think I've told you all before that I, I just had a different experience in gathering the things together for this holy weave. So it is very different. It's got things from a, a Matthew Henry commentary. It's got some things that the Lord wanted me to just put down and say. Uh, but mostly it's 
All the scriptures are from the messages that I could get to from the first message when Pastor John started on the crossover messages to, I think I got up to the temptation of the time. I didn't get to the part where God was clearly identifying the enemy in terms of the spiritual operations, the dark operations that the that that they were going to encounter when they did actually go into the promised lands, the operations of the Hivats, the Hittites, the Perizzites, but it is all readily available to everybody. And so I'm just going to share with you about this holy weave. The Lord said, commemorate the time of the crossover with the holy weave, with the song, and with sounds, cross over and transform. And in very short, because I went into it in detail on the Sunday afternoon, commemorate is to serve and provide a memorial to an event, to keep alive the memory of something, Actually, you know what? That is a part of honor that I want, to, I want to read because it was so beautiful the way God brought it out of me. A commemoration is to keep alive a thing, to keep alive something, to keep alive the memory of it. I'm not keeping alive a memory of a distant thing. I'm keeping alive the memory of this morning. I'm keeping alive the memory of the first crossover message. I'm keeping alive in me the memory of the second crossover message. I'm keeping alive in me the memory of the third crossover message. I'm keeping alive in me the memory of all the crossover messages because God said to me, commemorate this crossover. So I'm reminding, I'm reminding and I'm keeping it alive in me all the time. And so we will be singing the song tonight, but to commemorate is to celebrate by some ceremony and observation. So this is what we're doing right now together. Is It's a ceremony, the Lord, to commemorate with a word weave. Ma, ma, ma. So this is where I received the, the idea from the Lord, the concept and the idea from the Lord of weaving. The Lord showed me a loom, and me sitting at the loom. At that time, there was also a message about sitting at the feet of Jesus. In fact, there's going to be a song that is going to be sung, and it is going to be sung to the Lord and to the Lord only. And so, whatever you do, as you listen to the song, it was brought to me a couple of months ago, and it encapsulated and was it encapsulated all of the messages of that time that Pastor John brought of sitting at the feet of Jesus, of sitting at the loom, and of weaving the strands. Um, weaving. The word into my heart, this is how he gave it to us. I weave the strands of these words, it's in your, it's in your word weave, through the strings of my heart. As I'm busy with this, Holy Spirit, you are right here with me, helping me. You are a master craftsman. I am at your loom. I put myself right here, right now. As I meditate... And as I speak, because this book is for meditation and for speaking, it's for meditation and for speaking, and it comes to you today with much love from the Lord. It comes to you with much love from the Lord to help you in your crossover. As I meditate and as I speak, my heart receives, my heart believes, and you help me graft and set these strands securely in my heart. Even while I'm speaking, I do not weave alone. I do not weave alone. So, um, so you will find in this crossover word weave as well for the children. You will find things to meditate on and things to speak. Because that's how you weave 
the strands of God's word through the strings of your heart is by speaking them. That's how you do it. Meditation and speaking. And so um, there's nothing else that I need to say at this time. Uh, These will be available after the service. And um, I'm very aware that I'm standing on holy ground here now, Pastor John, because he said commemorate it with a holy weave and with a song. Um, And that's actually all I have. So Carmen is going to come up and sing the song. And she's singing it to the Lord, as I said. Come, Carmen. This is a song that she and the Lord wrote. And so uh, um, I'm in awe. Oh 
Yeah. 
words to speak now also from Jesus we're still at his feet even though we we lift ourselves up off the carpet we sit in our seats we're still at his feet glory oh you've got one is this one on hallelujah thank you precious Carmen thank you Well, on uh, Wednesday, when is it? When was it? What time? Did, when? Which morning did I speak to the? Was it Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning, I just had it on my heart to come in early in the morning, and uh, talk to the to the young people here. And uh, one of the things that I shared with them was a scripture of of Martha and Mary. And uh, I shared with them that uh, well, I shared previously I went through a whole process of showing them that uh, Moses asked God 
if he could see his glory. And God said, I'll make my goodness pass before you. And everybody else, uh, all the eight children of Israel, they, uh, they could see the glory cloud was on the mountain. Um, there was fire on the mountain. God was on the mountain and Moses was in the cloud. And, uh, and even though Moses had all the glory, saw all the glory, when he was in the presence of God, he wanted to see more of God. So he asked God if he could show him his glory and God said, I will show you my goodness. And then I, was, I went on to read to them and just show them that the Martha and Mary were both in the company of Jesus. And they, they both had cultural responsibilities. But, but Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet. And Martha was distracted by many things. And she came to actually interfere with Jesus' assignment because she was so distracted by so many things. She actually tried, tried to get Jesus off assignment. What she said to him was, will you tell Mary to come and do her duty? You know, like, Jesus, stop what you're teaching. Tell Mary she's got to come and help me. Because it's a cultural thing. You've got to do this. And the response that Jesus gave to Martha was, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. You're distracted by many things. But Mary, she's chosen the better part. And uh, part of why I was sharing that with the young people is that we can go through December and we can have a lot of distractions by many things. But this is a moment and a time where we can choose to sit at the feet of Jesus and weave with him. So you have a book that was, you know, it, Pastor Sharon is a scribe and though she's giving it as a love from the Lord it's her gift of scribing that has condensed everything and produced this work hours and hours and hours of her scribing and bringing it all together so that crossover seed can be your weave and uh, so praise the Lord Amen and it's a time to make, you've got to make time to be at the feet of Jesus. Otherwise, you just get into your head all the time. And if you're in your head all the time, you don't make the time. You don't make the space to come and do what these young people did here. Now, with Pastor Sharon and others just came and sat at Jesus' feet. That's what they did. I mean, you might have seen them just come sitting at the altar, but they were coming to the feet of Jesus. Yeah, and so you can practice that this December. Instead of being distracted by many things, you can practice that. Can't you? Yes. Won't you? Yes. Yeah. I am. I am committed. In the same way that I'm committed to to my cycling training, I'm committed in the same way to pursue God in this December. I will pursue God. I will pursue his presence. I will go after everything that he's got for me so that I can cross over. Because this is all of our time. Amen. It's all of our time. Praise Jesus. We're going to have an amazing time of sound and song later. And uh, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. So, you want me to teach a little bit? Are you good if I do some teaching for a little bit? We transition now? You good with that? Okay.
I just want to remind you what, it, what I read in Colossians before we had a break. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 19, it says, For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It is a marvelous and a wonderful thing that God chose to reconcile everything through Jesus. Jesus came to undo everything that was, that was done by the choices of man. He came to undo it so that his standard of life could be the standard before the Father. And now, as the Father looks at you and me, he no longer has to see the standard. He just sees Jesus. And so, then we have the opportunity to live in the power of God's grace. Amen. And Colossians 2 verse 13 says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sin nature, your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Thank God he forgave all our sins. He forgave all our sins. Praise the Lord he forgave all our sins. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, that's a reason to go before God every day this December and say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving all of my sins. Thank you. Thank you. This doesn't have to be a confession. It can just be a thank you. Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sins. For all of them. For all of them. All of them. All of them. You forgive me for all of them. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Hey. He disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. When he, when he put everything against us on the cross. He disarmed spiritual authorities. Took their power away. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So, I just want to say for the record, because I can't do everything just in one session, I want to say for the record, that the only power the devil had before Jesus came was the power of death. Because there was no answer to death. So death was a final authority, only because there was, no, there was not yet a pathway to God after death. There was only a pathway to a waiting place before Jesus could come. But then when Jesus came, he came and he took the power of death, hell and the grave. He took it all away from the devil because he was the righteous one. He was the perfect one. And because the devil illegally put him on the cross, he was able to say, no more, no more. So there is nothing, there is nothing that the devil has on us. Sharon, can you just try and find that scripture for me? Uh, it's either in Isaiah 14 or 7 or, or Ezekiel, the one that says that he, the nations will look at you and say, is this the one that weakened the nations? Will you try and find that for me? I want to read you, in the meantime, before, when Sharon's looking for that scripture for me, uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 5, in the New Living Translation, it reads like this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. You see, those two things go together. When you put your trust in humans, you automatically turn your heart away from God. If you put your heart in God, then you're not turning towards the strength of humans. And everything that, that the enemy of God wants to do is put humans in the place of 
strength so that he can get the worship. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So cursing is anti-blessing, but blessed are those. No longer do you live in an anti-blessing state, you live in a blessing state. Blessed are those who put their trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank, whose roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Does that sound like another scripture? Psalm 1? Yeah. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. The human heart. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So if you're talking about what a curse is, it's against the life of God. It's against the ways of God. It's the heart that's choosing things that says, I don't want God's ways, I want human ways. So God says, I search those things in the hearts of men. And the heart that is evil and wicked and is against God, I see it. I see it. So, uh, when, we, when people tend to talk about curses, it's, it's, it's because of the wickedness that's in the heart of men. It's their actions that attract anti-blessing things, anti-God life things are attracted to those that do that. What's that scripture, my darling? Yes. It's found in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground. You who have weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high God. You, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. To the lowest depth of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with a sword. No, that's fine. I just want to show you that the future of the enemy of God is that kings and nations will say, is this the one? Is this the one who shook the nations? Is this the one who made all the, the earth desolate and wastelands? How can it be that such a one, because he has no power, he has no power of his own to bring to the earth. His power is the power that men give him. Power is the, is the image of God in men. And so this is in Isaiah 4, same chapter, verse 9. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you 
All the chief ones of the earth it has raised up from their thrones, all the kings of the nations. They all shall speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggot, is spread under you, and worms cover you. That is the one that is ruling the nations. That is the darkness of principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. That is the one that is causing all the chaos in the earth right now. You want to talk about one? Just, just bear with me for a minute. You want to talk about one that motivates and inspires men, men to come with, with bulldozers and break down fences and cross over from one state to another state and they come into family homes and they come to music festivals and there's the covenant people of God and they come into the covenant people of God and they've been raised to obliterate these people and any harm and any death that they can bring to the covenant people, Israel, Jews, they can bring to the people of God. It's considered to be a great honor to be used by them and their teaching and their training to obliterate children of the covenant God. And they come there and they mutilate women and kill babies and kill families. You want to say, who is this one that causes such destruction? It's this being that we're talking about. The same being. So what has he got after the hearts of men? If he can cause the evil and wickedness that is in the hearts of men, he can get them to act on his suggestions. On his manipulative thoughts and ways. So that when they act in those abominations and, and those terrible things that they've done and they do do. When they do that kind of stuff, they glorify him. They don't glorify the Most High God. Yeah. Hey. <sighs> You know, it was quite a, a shocking thing to all of the Western world when we woke up one morning and uh, we found these airplanes flying into the towers, 9-11 uh, towers, and suddenly these United Nations buildings came crumbling down. And, uh, and the world was, was absolutely caught up in this unbelievable images of... How can this thing happen? It was any other morning Americans woke up. Any other morning they all woke up to go to work, to go and do things. Any other morning people were going to the World Trade Center. Any other morning they were walking around the city of New York going to give, go for their Starbucks coffee and they were going to get their, their uh, donut or their whatever. They're bagels, they're cream cheese bagels. I'm going about my morning coffee and my cream cheese bagels on any other morning and suddenly there's airplanes that are going into the, into the towers and, the, and suddenly people are jumping out of the building because there's no other alternative for them. It was a shocking thing, right? What is it that caused that? If someone could have been alerted to the terror that was awaiting them, do you think they would have taken some action? Yes. But the devil never announces his, his intentions. He wants to catch you flat-footed so he can wreak maximum destruction and horror. That's what he did with Israel. Doesn't announce his intentions. He wants to wreak destruction and horror. Do you think if he's got a if he's got an and if he's got something against the children of Israel, the covenant people of God, that are not even recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, you think he's got something against us? Huh? I don't intend to scare you. I'm not scaring you. I'm alerting you. I'm alerting you. If God if God has clearly, I mean, I want to just tell you what happened inside of me. 
is when I came back from America and I was in this state of, I didn't want to talk to Sharon because so much stuff had gone, gone on inside of me on my visit there. But I was aware that something big was about to happen. Something big was happening. And I couldn't really put it into words and I didn't want to speak something that I wasn't sure of yet. But I knew something was happening. And then as, as I began to settle down and I began to move into my normal sort of life, my, every, my everyday life, I began to have the sense that there is something big awaiting just, just down the road. And I've got to be ready for it and prepared for it. Yeah. But the other side of it is if you're not, you can be raided. The opportunity can be taken away. No? Don't you recognize that? Don't you see that? Yeah. So it's time to be not sleeping. It's time to be awake. It's time to see what God's got going here. Recognize what God's saying to us. I do feel this. If you want to know, this is my sense. Remember, I'm not got a prophetic word that I'm speaking to you. But what God has already said is enough. Okay? But remember, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit came upon me and he said, get more money, pay off credit cards, do what you because something's coming to Whitbank. And then a couple months later, um, Haarfeld Steel closed their doors and suddenly the microeconomic climate in Whitbank was in trouble. But God had warned us three months before it came. To prepare for it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a clue what was going on. But God did. God did. And so I know, as sure as I'm John Ben Dixon, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the season of December uh, on high alert. I don't want to be in a place, in my natural man, I want to just rest and go and uh, ride my bike. Leave me alone. Yes, I want to go ride my bike. Leave me alone. I want to come home. I want to relax. I want to, you know, chill. Leave me alone. No, the Lord won't leave me alone. He's on me. He's on me. He's on Pastor Sharon. Yeah. So let's 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 be ready, people. What do you say? Yes. Let's 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 go with what God's got going with us for now, for December. Amen. I'm going to just read to you from Galatians chapter one, and then we're going to break. Galatians one verse six. Obviously, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the Galatians. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. You mean there are some that go around that deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Yes, there are some that do that. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Huh? Do you read it? Let God's curse fall on anyone. So how does God place a curse in the way that we're talking about? says, I mark you, I mark you so that my blessing is not on you and your ways will mark you. And your ways of how you go about stuff will mark you so that no one can bring blessing to you. On the contrary, you will live, live an anti-blessed life. 
There is never going to be any good stuff coming to you. Do you recognize the, the, the language that I'm saying, how this plays out? I'm trying to just help you that because the word curse is, seems like such a bad thing for us. But if we say, let God's removing of his blessing and marking you so that no one can ever bless you, let that be upon anyone including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Does that sound what Jesus said? Did he not say that it's better for someone to be thrown into the sea with a weight around their neck if they bring anything against my kids? Same thing. God says, there is a place that I will not stand for this, for some kind of behavior. I will remove my blessing. I will mark those people and they will never be able to walk in blessing again. They will walk in an anti-blessed life. So we call it a curse. Yeah, because God's the only one who's got power to do this. This is not the devil who's cursing somebody. It's only God who's got the power to remove his blessing. What he's commanded to bless, it will be blessed. If he says no more blessing and you're marked as someone who can never ever have blessing again, that's the power of God. That's not the power of the devil. So, tomorrow morning. Okay, let me just finish the scripture. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one, you, the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a Christ's servant. I can say that for sure about me and Pastor Sharon. If pleasing people were our goal, we would not be Christ's servants. Because what we have to do is speak the truth, not make friends. I love you guys. I love your friendship. I love to fellowship with you. But my goal is not to be here as your friend or to make friends. My goal is to be here as Christ's servant to bring truth to you. Even in a moment where it might seem unpopular. Pastor Sharon and I have never tried to win a popularity contest. We've always been about the presence of God and His ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I, when I come back tomorrow and minister to you tomorrow morning at church service, I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to read to you about blessed are you. Blessings, the blessings that God brings. I will also first talk about the curse, the anti-blessing. If you don't do this, then God withdraws his blessing. If you don't do this, then this calamity will come upon you. Why? Because you don't walk in the blessing of God. So I'm going to talk to you about the blessing, but I'm also going to talk to you about the anti-blessing. So that we just finish off our conversation and I'll read scriptures to you about God who will bless us to a thousand generations. I've read that scripture to you guys before. A thousand generations. There is no way in God that if you follow his word and his principles that he just holds you to. Uh, let's see what you can do. If you walk before me the way that I say walk before me, be obedient to me. I won't just bless you. I will bless your generation and the next generation and the next generation. And not just a few generations, but a thousand generations. I will bless you. People want to focus so much on the, on the curses of generational transfer and bloodline transfer. Hey, if you pass through the cross of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, it's a thousand generations of blessing. In other words, it just never ends. It doesn't stop. It just keeps flowing. Hallelujah. How about you? I'm out for that kind of blessing. I want that kind of thing from God. I want to walk with him. I want him to know me. I want him to know be my name. I want him to say, that John, watch him. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him. 
He's got blessing. He's got my blessing. He, got, he knows what it is to be blessed. He knows it. 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 And then he shows up in my room. He says, John, I want to do you a favor. Why does he want to do me a favor? Just because he wants me to be more blessed. And I'm not just going to bless you by putting you on a bicycle and giving you a nice event to go and take care of. I'm doing it so that you can be strong for more years and years and years to come. And I'm going to show you what level of strength you can press for. Because your assignment has just begun, John. Hallelujah. 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 Our assignment has just begun. Glory to Jesus. We are the people of the Most High God. We are them. We are them. We are them. Hallelujah. Come on, Hannah. Come on. I can see the anointing is all over you. Come and say what you have to say. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Please close your eyes and just hear Jesus. Remember when he stood before Joshua when he crossed over and Joshua took off his, the feet of his, his, his shoes, sandals of his feet. After Jesus said, and he said, who are you? He stood there with his sword drawn. And he said, he's, he asked, are you for us? Are you for the, our adversaries? And he said, no, I'm come. And he's the commander of the Lord's army, of the Lord's hosts. And he was taking them across into battle, into the promised land. Now he is standing before this congregation today and he says, I am come. I'm here now. What are you going to do with me? How are you going to respond? It's him in full battle array with his sword drawn, ready to take us across and lead the charge on into this promised land. What are you going to do with him? How are you going to respond? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. Amen. That, that word that God has just given us through Hannah is exactly the picture that I saw. It's a combination of what Pastor Sharon saw. There's a sword drawn. There's a battle that's about to be fought. But it's also about opportunities that God has for us that we got to step into. That we got to go after. Otherwise, we're not going to get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to the Most High God. 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 Praise to the name of Jesus. Praise to the name of Jesus. Praise to the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. We praise His holy name. His holy name. We praise Him. We praise Him. We praise Him. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so our whole December is going to be going into January. We're going to have holy moments like this all over the place. All over the place. All the time. If you give yourself to God, you're going to have holy moments. In your bedroom. In your bathroom. In your kitchen. In your lounge. In your, in your place where you go. Wherever you, when you come here to church, you're going to have holy moments. Give yourself to Him. It's time for holiness. It's time for the glory. It's time for His presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen.